0: All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. And I can say ladies because we had some ladies tweeted us who listen to this fine program. So welcome in. This is the Sunday night edition into Monday morning college basketball podcast. I'm
1: AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you? Good, sir. I'm doing well. Um, thank you for mentioning the ladies. Shout out to the ladies. Uh, One dollar hey. drinks, ladies night, you know, um, get them all in here. Uh, please tweet at us if you want us to shout you out. We probably will. Um, we know it's probably a very male-heavy, male-dominated podcast, but we're we're trying to be open and available to all all comers. Whoever wants to uh, listen and, and bet some college basketball with us, come and come on Bring in. Bring it on. It. We're we're hot. We're gonna stay hot. Uh, it's about to be the best time of the year. There's gonna be a million bets to make, and we're gonna make you some money.
0: That's all. That's all we can hope to do. And we'll get to it a little bit later but another 2 and 0 after we had a little dry oh, yeah. spell is nah, that three straight,
1: eh, it wasn't even that dry is this three straight 2 and 0s after that i think it's at least two um i'm not sure oh, that i've go back and look. i'm not i'm not sure i've held up my end of the bargain for three straight oh we had a wins, one and one but...
0: you're right yeah we had a one and one so one now two straight 2 and 0s though so uh but yeah we had two straight o and twos and it was not like oh my god the sky's falling but then I remembered, we've had a, a fantastic year on the pod, so uh, no need to panic. We're, we're going to keep doing the right thing, and we we did it again this week, uh, and I like our picks. I like both our picks, actually, for this pod. So we're going to stick with our normal format, go over some of the big games, the games that everybody's going to be watching this week, and then we're going to give you guys some promo codes, do a little business, and then we're going to give our best bets I mean, it's our our standard fare. So, uh, it's some. You may want to just fast forward to the very end if that's all you're here for is the best bets. Hey, go for it. But don't do that. Don't do don't, that. We got I mean, listen, so
1: much to offer.
0: Just I mean, I agree. But if that's all you want to do, that's fine. But tell your friends. That's all I ask. And uh, often these games that we talk about, I mean, these are the games that everybody wants to bet anyway. These are the the games that everybody's gonna be watching this week. So, um. These are the I, I end up betting a couple of these games, almost every pot, at least one of the games we discuss. Sometimes you sway me into betting one. Like ooh, if I if I if I'm into one and then you give backing data, I'm like, oh, all right. I, I like what I like what I'm hearing here. So let's jump into those games and let's start with one that's happening on Monday. Uh, it's the game. It's big Monday, Monday game. And we're going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks. And they are not favored. At TCU, surprisingly. The TCU horn frogs favored by one and a half, two points, depending on your book. Uh, but that happens, you know, that the lines are out for that. We're not projecting that line. That's the the available lines. Obviously, the return of Miles made a big difference. TCU had lost five of six. The sky was falling. Oh my god, what are we doing here? Is TCU even good? Miles comes back and they obliterate. Oklahoma State even though Miles didn't play particularly well he had like a 90-0 rating he wasn't anything out of this world but clearly they're a different team when he's on the floor how do they match up against the Jayhawks this is a, a chance to fade the Jayhawks away from the fog I know you don't typically like to uh to go against them there although they haven't been as good ATS at home as they've been in recent years but what do you think the uh the matchup says for Kansas and TCU Griff
1: uh, I think this is a huge payback spot for Kansas. Um, I did unfortunately get hammered with a bet on Oklahoma State this weekend. I uh, will put it out there for the masses. It was not a great call. Uh, it was nothing, in my opinion, to do with Mike Miles. Uh, I felt like he was really kind of non existent, and maybe you could expect that from having such a long layoff. Maybe he's healthy. I'm not sure we can say that either. Um, uh, but the rest of TCU played really well. Um, They got a lot of – they had a a, a huge, like, um, dry spell, I guess, from the Oklahoma State side from scoring. And um, TCU did a really great job of causing turnovers, causing some panic, and uh, really multiplying that lead. And I feel like that's kind of what happened also at the Fog when they won by – uh, was it 25 points? Or it was really 83-60 experience? was the final in at Kansas. 23. I guess the, the median score they were trailing by was 12, which is huge at the FOG uh, for Kansas. But um, I think it's Kansas or nothing for me here, honestly. Um, I don't really believe in the CCU team. I've learned a little bit the hard way so far. I'm not necessarily. I feel like I've been okay against the spread against them so far this season. Um, probably not very profitable or very unprofitable. Probably like right in the middle. But Um, I don't think TCU is great. I think Kansas, honestly, I I feel like I'm warming up to Kansas by the day. Every time I watch them, um, my theory that they can only score in transition is I think valid, but, um, they get in transition so well and so efficiently and so easily to get there that I feel like they can do that again. And this is going to be a big deal for them because they don't like losing by 23 points at home. Um, I think TCU, I expect them to be the underdog here as I think I put out in in our line projections. When you throw them at me, I usually throw my lines back at you. Um, and I'm a little bit surprised to see TCU favorite here. I got to say,
0: yeah, I am not. I'm not looking to back TCU right now and I'm not looking to fade Kansas right now. Um, because I've been looking, I've been looking against both these teams. I did, I knew when Miles was out, I for sure wanted to be against TCU, and that worked out great. Uh, I've been kind of down on Kansas most of this season. And if you remember on our last pod, I was like, Oh, if Baylor gets six points. I'm going to have to play Baylor. And Baylor got six points. I didn't play them. And I thank God at halftime, I was like, Why didn't I bet Baylor? because Baylor looked awesome for a half against Kansas. Uh, I want to say they they were up by like 13 points, something like that at halftime. And I mean, it snowballed against Baylor. The Kansas won the second half of that game 55 to 26. And they, it, it didn't take long either. It wasn't like a slow burn. It was in the first f- five, six minutes of the second half, you knew that Baylor was dead and Kansas just ran away from them and part of what I think I liked about Baylor and and this is again why I'm probably going to be just sitting this game out I was like it, Kansas just doesn't have depth it's it's six guys every game it's six guys they've got to be exhausted by now and TCU in the in the first matchup it was again for for uh Kansas the same six guys that it typically is and Baylor had nine guys play more than 15 minutes I mean that's a crazy number when you and it helps when you're you know in control of the game but it it wasn't like TCU took the the foot off the gas early in this thing this was you don't do that when you're on the road at Kansas you you keep it to the metal so I, I they just kept throwing waves at Kansas I think they can do that again now that they're they're generally healthy and in that first game Important to note, TCU didn't have Micah Peavy, so I, I think he matters. So it, it, the fact that they won by twenty three without him says something. I, I again, I, it's, I'm going to end up sitting this game out because I wish there was a way I could bet against both these teams. Uh, I don't like the fact that TCU's favored here, but I I don't trust Kansas right now. I don't trust their depth, and I I don't really trust the way they match up against this team. So it's going to end up just being a stay away for me.
1: I mean, I love the idea of fading both teams that are playing each other. Unfortunately, it's it leaves you very limited in what our options are. It almost um,
0: always leaves you one and one.
1: Almost always. Almost always. Um, yeah, and I think uh, unless you get a push in there on some weird number or something, um, I think it's a Ku bet or nothing for me. But I got to say, I feel so much strong, more strongly even than I did early in this season uh, of podcast that. Home court is just not something I really want to like go against unless I'm really feeling something. I don't necessarily feel that here for for KU. I think you you need to probably take some uh some learning, some study from tech from Texas Christian University going on the road and and really just like destroying Kansas at home. Um might be a fluke. We'll see on Monday night. I think it's a good game to watch. All right, let's go to – we're actually going to bounce back and
0: forth between the Big 12 and the Big East for all of our games here. Just a little bit of a a look ahead to the schedule. But Marquette at Creighton, these are my two favorite teams in the Big East. Um, No offense to the Yukons and Xaviers and Providences, but I think they are the two best teams in the Big East. And I am probably most excited about this matchup this week. Creighton we're going to project as a four point favorite on Tuesday hosting Marquette if you remember this game uh, at Marquette was a 69-58 Marquette win at Fiserv. Uh, do you see a, a revenge spot here for Creighton who is undefeated at home in conference play their only loss all season in hindsight kind of an inexplicable loss to Nebraska although I guess that is a big rivalry game Uh, With Creighton and Nebraska, but do you think
1: that the Jays get it done at home? I do. Um, Big, big uh, missing piece in that one was Ryan Kalkbrenner. I don't see him in in this one, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, he did not play uh, against Marquette the first time. Apparently, he matters. Uh, a Creighton team, that I'm telling late, you, he's the best best
0: player in the big east.
1: I mean, I, I know you, we've been talking about buying you a jersey. I don't, I'm not sure if one has arrived <laughs> in the mail for you just yet. Uh, I probably need a shipping address to really make it happen. Uh, or if uh, Warren Buffett's listening, I'm sure he could probably lean over from his uh seat in Omaha and get one for you. But anyway, um, I, I think Creighton, you, you've been on it, you've said it this whole time, they are. Um, maybe we should give some credit for everyone that said preseason when they got Baylor Shireman from San Diego or South Dakota State, not San Diego State, excuse me, South Dakota State, that uh, he was going to turn this team into a national title contender. I feel like they have been off the radar because they had a five straight losses, um, or six straight losses earlier this year when runner got hurt and the schedule got a little bit ugly as they were heading into conference play. Um, six straight losses it is, but uh, I think Marquette are, I mean, When I look at the stats of Marquette, it's really hard to see why they're so good. I mean, their offense is efficient. They have some really good passers, especially from big men. But uh, I don't believe in their really turnover-forcing capabilities. I think they're a really uh, three-point-reliant jump-shooting team. And I think that's going to be a big problem going into uh, somewhere in middle America, a.k.a. Omaha. And I think that's going to be a really tough spot for them. Um, I'm looking to back Creighton. I don't know if four is, is... is probably seemed a little high for me to, to get in there because I, I don't love Marquette because I think it can go in and, of course, can win there. Uh, but it's Creighton or nothing for me at this point. It's Creighton for me or nothing as well.
0: Um, they did turn the ball over quite a bit, 18 turnovers in that first game against Marquette. But I've generally been – kind of what I say about Creighton every time is the fact that – my favorite thing about them bringing Shireman in is it gives them an extra ball handler – and they've got, in Ryan Nimhard, a guy who is one of the best in the country taking care of the ball, Shireman can handle the ball, Trey Alexander can handle the ball, they've just got a bunch of guys, whoever's on the floor, it feels like they can handle the ball. Obviously, they missed Brenner in that game, uh, they had a first half lead, and then they just stopped being able to protect the paint, and uh, Marquette kind of got what they wanted around the basket. I I tend to think, that him being in the game just changes that completely. I think Creighton should dominate the boards with him in there as well. It was a close game on the boards without him. I I just think he makes all the difference. I think home court makes all the difference. So, and again, I I do think Creighton is the team to beat in this conference. Uh, If I have any concern, it's that Villanova at Villanova is on deck. And I think you know this is probably feeling like sort of a passing of the guard game coming up for Creighton. So they're and Villanova's really their last difficult game of the season. It's Georgetown and DePaul after that. So, uh, but I I I would assume that because Marquette got such a hand handle, or I guess they handled him so easily, uh, or beat them handily, I would expect a full focused effort from Creighton here. So uh, I'll I'll probably have some some cash on the J's uh, on Tuesday night as well. All right. Let's take a look at your alma mater. Hey the there. Uni- the university of Texas. And they are, we're going to project. uh eh, this is a tough one. I, I ended up deciding we'll, we'll probably go with Texas minus five. Um, I think that's what Ken Palm had it at. We, we were, you thought it would be a little bit longer than that. I kind of expected it to be a little longer than that, but We'll play it safe and go with five. I got to say, I was a little disappointed in Texas really all last week because, I mean, obviously the loss at Texas Tech, which it felt like they weren't even competitive. Uh, And then I thought, man, they've got a real chance to blow out an Oklahoma team who is terrible in transition defense. And I just thought Texas would eat them alive. They did not. Uh, and Texas's defense was dreadful. 85-83 win at home against Oklahoma, an Oklahoma team that's just stunk on the road all year. Texas home again against an Iowa State team that's generally been pretty weak away from, from Ames. What do you see with your horns here?
1: Oh, man. Um, As a lifelong Texas Longhorn fan, well, not really. I went to school there, so I decided halfway through life or something like that, I guess, at this point. <laughs> um i didn't know all the trials and tribulations that would come especially from following a football team that goes six and six every year but um you know i'm kind of all in as a fan here hoping that texas will win the big 12 which will probably install rodney terry as our head coach for the future which i'm not sure i agree with but um you know rick barnes couldn't do it shock smart couldn't really do it so like winning the big 12 championship would be a big deal um I watched that OU game and I got to say OU at 3 and 11 in conference. Uh I'm not sure there's ever been a better 3 and 11 team in a conference in the history of our of our lord our world or whatever we call it. Um really tight game. Uh Texas really has a terrible um uh, I don't even know what to call it, but we just are so bad at uh first halves and uh makes me feel like we should have made a ton of money. Uh Talking to our podcast listeners this whole time, just betting against UT first half and uh just like laughing our way to the bank so far. But I do think there's a really nice setup here that uh Caleb Grill missed this weekend's game against Kansas State. It was a very tough one. I think Iowa State could have won that game in Manhattan, in the octagon of doom. Uh, and so I'm not at all um speaking negatively about Iowa State. I think they're still really good, um, and I was pretty impressed by them this weekend, I got to say, uh, without their best three-point shooter. And uh, kind of to pick up the slack uh, was Jazz Kunsch. He he made a bunch of threes. Uh, I think Kalsher shot really well, um, considering. And, and then there's there's still a really good team. Uh, the nice part is that Texas is going to be at home. The home court advantage seems to be nuts in this new Moody Center. I haven't been there yet, but it looks like something that actually matters and, and it sounds like it's a uh, pretty crazy atmosphere and the crowd actually gets into it it's loud, all that sort of stuff that the Frank Irwin center, our, our previous gymnasium really wasn't doing for us. But um, when I look at this matchup, I see, I, as you said, I, I made my line a l- little bit longer. I think with a grill absence here, potentially he's, dealing with some back issues, hard to say um, if he plays probably five makes sense. I think he might not because uh, they're trying to rest him for uh, the big 12 tournament NCAA tournament. Cause I think they're pretty clearly in at this point. Um, I think if he misses like, probably hit six, seven, something in, in that range. And I think that's a point where I'm interested in Iowa state. I just don't know that I necessarily want to go against a home court advantage. that has been pretty strong this year for a team that's leading the big 10 or excuse me, the big 12. There's 10 teams in it, but they call it the big 12. And uh, I, I got to say, um without grill in there i do feel like that impairs the offense quite a bit
0: yeah i tend to agree and you're right about oklahoma oklahoma is of the of the the 10 teams in the big 12 i'm certain that they're i they're the only one i can say i'm certain isn't going to make the field at this point but it's not it doesn't make them bad like they're they're pretty good if like for the worst team in a conference you're not going to find many conferences ever where the worst team in the conference is as good as Oklahoma is, so I I, I don't think Texas Tech makes the field either. But it, it's a, a it's an incredibly strong Big Twelve this season. Um, I I tend to agree with what you're saying about the offense for Iowa State. I'm not sure where it comes from, particularly away from home, where they've they've generally struggled on offense away from home. So uh, I but I also don't know if I'm looking to lay. Points with the horns right now I I don't know what my level of trust is with them because uh, let's face it their offense isn't exactly uh the picture of consistency it's not uh they don't really have shooters which is frustrating uh like everything has to kind of come in transition and then it boils down to is Iowa State going to take care of the basketball and you would think uh if if they were at, at home they would uh, on the road I I don't know uh, I know that they only turned it over seven times the first time they played and Texas couldn't get any offense going because they couldn't get out and, and run so I I don't trust Texas but I if I had to play a side here it's it's horns or bust for me uh, but I'll probably just end up passing and in that first game grill had 17 points uh, not to mention uh, six boards so big game for him in the first mat, a 140 O rating would probably be welcome sight for Texas to yeah. have him sitting out for this one. So yeah, it'll end up being a pass for me more than likely, but a, a slight lean uh, to the boys in orange. All right, yeah. l- let's take a look at our last game. UConn Providence, this Providence I feel like we haven't talked about him a whole lot this year. We've talked a lot of Big East because the Big East has been fascinating to me this year. Providence, a team we haven't talked a ton about. I'm surprised at the number. Like when I looked at the the sites that I looked through to, to come up with these Swami projections and I ended up coming up with Yukon minus seven and a half, probably a little longer than I expected. I was thinking to probably be six, maybe five and a half. So seven and a half, a, a big number. Uh, what have you seen lately out of Yukon Providence? I mean, if you're if you're just looking at recent results are coming off a double O T win against Creighton and a domination of Villanova at home. Now they go on the road uh to UConn. What are you seeing?
1: Well, you know, this is a really nice uh, end to the four-pack that we usually do on this podcast, Consider I am from Providence and they are my hometown team. Um, bet Providence this weekend. Somehow they got pushed down to minus three against Villanova. I don't think it was as easy as the final score looks, but um, Providence is solid. Uh, Ed Cooley is a great coach. Um, I hope that Providence can keep him as long as possible. Uh, I'm not sure. Eventually I feel like he'll lead for more money and go somewhere big. Uh, that needs somebody. But until then, I'm super happy to have Ed. Easy Ed, stick around. Please, please, please. Um, But I think this is a huge spread. Um, Connecticut has looked better uh, lately, but their wins against Eton Hall. I guess it was pretty dominant effort against Marquette. Um, I mean, the average median lead at 15.6 points, according to Torvik, is pretty gigantic. And I, th- I know you're pretty clued into that one as well. Um, but wins against Georgetown to Paul before that on the road, road wins are important, but really not saying a ton to me uh, a loss at Creighton, which I know you're on, which uh, um, really wasn't uh, I think as close as the three point final score was kind of says it was um, I'm still looking to be against C- Connecticut at this point. I think Providence has been uh, used to be a really big rivalry in the big East way back when uh, between Connecticut and Providence. I'm not sure it's the same type of level of vitriol at this point, but um, I think, I I wouldn't bet against Providence really at all at this point. I mean, they've over the last two seasons, they've really been, I think one of gambling Twitter's favorite fades out there and they've done so well against the spread. Uh, They continue to win games. They really aren't expected to, I mean, seeing a a pretty average Villanova team as only a three point underdog on the road at, at PC this past weekend, just, I think speaks to the level of disinterest in the marketplace for Providence. I feel like it's, it's pretty disrespectful. I don't think it's really deserved. I think they've, done really all they can to do better and and do well and really cover the spreads. And I think it's been a really good bet if you back them against spread for uh, two years, three years, five years, the entire Cooley tenure at this point. Um, So that's a big number for me. I'm looking at Providence at this one. Um, I do have some concern that Connecticut makes a bunch of threes and they win handily. But I also feel like that's been something I've been betting against for almost this entire conference season. And it's worked really well for me. So Providence or nothing for me on this one. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm going to be in the same boat as you, and you know, Connecticut at the beginning of the season, it, it started out like this was just an unbelievable story, and even when you look back now, then the win against Alabama looks great still. The Iowa State win holds up nicely, uh, but they got to to fourteen and zero, and it was like, oh my gosh, this team's incredible, and at the time they they were, and then they got into conference play, and they, they started out three and zero. Butler, Georgetown, Villanova, none of those wins aged well. Uh, They got to where they were 4-5 and in conference, and then since then they've gone on a nice run and they look like they're back. They're 4-2 and in their last six. The losses against Creighton and Xavier, no shame in those losses. But again, the only good win over that time was the home win against Marquette. This Seton Hall team, like Butler, DePaul, Georgetown, we know are bad. Seton Hall is the biggest fraud. Seton Hall, all they do is beat, like, go through their wins. Georgetown, DePaul, St. John's, Butler, DePaul, Georgetown, Butler, St. John's, UConn. They beat UConn (laughs) once. Like, it's they just beat up on, like, Seton Hall is the line. You're either shittier than Seton Hall or you're better than Seton Hall. And, like, it's such a clear, you know, a demarcator of who's good and who's not good in the Big East. And everybody who's decent beat Seton Hall I'm not I'm still not buying into this UConn team because all they're doing right now is is beating up on the same teams that Seton Hall tends to beat up on UConn's just one notch ahead of Seton Hall in my opinion so uh although the analytics love them they love this team UConn's still sixth in Ken six how how I, I don't get it I I do not get it I, I but you're right there are nights where they can go nuclear from three and it's like wow, and they they offensive rebound at an incredible rate. Uh, they really do, and it it, it I love Sonogo. I think he's incredible. I, I don't. I uh, the uh, Caravan kid, the freshman. I think he's really good. I like some of their their front court guys. I don't trust their guards at the end of the day, um, which is why I'm not going to end up trusting them in March. And I don't trust them to cover this big number against Providence. So it'll be Friars or Pass for me as well. All right, Griffin, let's take care of some business before we hit some best bets.
1: Let's do it. Uh, we have a free $25 sign up. Have you signed up for com just yet? Well, if you haven't, now is the time to do so. Preend.com will give you a free $25 site purchase just for signing up. Sign up takes about 90 seconds, maybe 89. And you can take advantage of being a site member, making and tracking your own picks. You know, you could grow following just like AJ and I have. Uh, Go throw out some picks analysis in our pregame.com forums. Get on there, get some insights. Uh, some feedback and what you're putting out there, uh, draw a following, become a value member. I mean, if you're listening, you're valued to us, but uh, might as well just get $25 of credit. And you, know, you could see AJ's and picks, my picks, you know, the rest of the the great pregame.com professional handicappers we have all over the site. Um, Get your free best bet today, $25. Just sign up. It's pretty easy. Uh, Besides that, also, we got a promo code 20% off uh, if you use the promo code POWER20. I guess we're going power conferences for this one uh, because those are going to be likely the winners. Uh, But then again, I'm looking for a very... Uh, top-heavy or, or actually some big upsets in March Madness this is coming up in the next month or so. Pretty pumped about it, got to say. Uh, but 20% off for all listeners of this College Basketball Podcast. Good for seven days from the podcast release. Use the promo code POWER20 and you'll get 20% off. So uh, 2-0 on our best bets, two uh, podcasts in a row. Uh, I'm going to take this one. I'll lead us off here. Uh, for my best bet for this episode, I'm going to go with Michigan State. You projected uh, the A.J. Swamy, uh minus one at home against Indiana. I thought Michigan State looked really good on the road uh, in a really emotional environment after the shooting and all the things that come along with that uh, on the road in Ann Arbor. Um, I thought they deserved to win that game. Potentially, it didn't go well for the last few minutes. They had a, a pretty big scoring drought. But uh, I think Michigan State, uh, they've shown – Really, a Tommesso team that plays really good defense. They actually have a lot more three-point shooting this year than you would expect, uh, and I believe that they can go and and really at home with a big crowd behind them. Should be an emotional scene, but I think they're better than Indiana at home in that type of environment. I think they win, cover the spread. Minus one seems too short for me. I'd play it up to minus three. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with it. Uh, I
0: think Indiana's win against Illinois was kind of phony um that was one of the better games of the weekend it was really back Breaking. and forth game uh and illinois was was playing without their best player <laughs> like without a, a probably an all big 10 player in shannon and indiana it still took everything uh, including the refs to get them there at the end so i think you're you're fading indiana at the right time uh and i think michigan state Probably for most of that game was the better team, and if you shave off the last five minutes of the game, this might be a game where I would look uh, in the first half at Michigan State um, it, because I worry about the, their late game s- scenarios right now. I also worry, like I, I don't know how much the the shooting thing threw them off, like you know m- mentally, emotionally, like and I know. Is was saying, well, we're, we're, you know, we're playing to honor these guys. I don't I don't know how it works. I, I mean sure, I don't know how sure. those kids feel. It's a a weird emotional situation dealing with college kids. So uh, but just from a on the floor standpoint, I love what Michigan State did over the weekend in a loss. Um, I wasn't crazy about what Indiana did in a win. So that that's a it's that to me, it's a great buy, low, sell high. I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go out to conference USA. And generally I've liked to fade Western Kentucky because I think they're a team that's got more talent than their record ever seems to say. Uh, I, I think they've got really solid players and they just don't ever put it together. I actually bet them last Thursday against Charlotte. Uh, I think we talked about it maybe uh, on Thursday nights pod. They, they, it felt like they were going to win the game outright. They end up going to overtime, and they cut. They were plus four and a half. They lost by four, so it worked out. But it's it's not always the most comfortable. But I'm going to project them as about a two point home favorite against Louisiana Tech. And this is simple for me. And I I faded Louisiana Tech over the weekend against Charlotte. Kobe Williams is not on the team anymore. And Kobe Williams, for those who haven't followed Louisiana tech is their point guard. He is their best player by far. He is their offense and, uh, he has not played in the last two games. The first game against North Texas, they were non-competitive in at home. Uh, they weren't really competitive against Charlotte at home. And you, you think maybe if there's when a, a player like that leaves, You think maybe there's like a a bounce where everybody's like, you know what? We can do it without him. Well, they missed their opportunity for that, and it doesn't look like that bounce is coming. feels like the wheels may have come off. I don't know why Kobe Williams left. It's kind of in the dark. It's not an injury. He's just not on the team anymore. And to me, that's a terrible sign for a team that was actually playing really well earlier in the season, I think kind of exceeding some expectations. Louisiana Tech was – And right now, like the analytics are saying "Eh, nothing's changed. Like Ken Palm, this was, they're on a four-game losing streak. At the start of that four-game losing streak, they were 146 in Ken Palm. Now they've lost four games in a row, including one to Florida International, which is unacceptable. And they're 148. They've dropped two spots on this four-game losing streak, and now they don't have their best player. I think the market is still just overrating this Louisiana Tech team. I get a, a a the more talented team. I, I think certainly the more talented team now with no Kobe Williams on the floor, and this team just doesn't have anybody to drive the bus without him. It looks like freshman Jordan Crawford is going to be getting most of the the minutes at point guard with Kobe Williams out. I, I don't like it. I didn't like it against Charlotte. I mean, I did like it because I bet on Charlotte, uh, but I'm going to fade him again here. So I'm going to go Western Kentucky minus two at home against louisiana tech
1: i mean i'm not surprised rick sansbury is a uh I, I feel like awkward situations surround him i can't really explain why um but that's why you come to the pregame.com podcast network or bell's dream preview is that we're putting out pretty important information injury or i guess just team leave type info you don't get that everywhere so uh i think it's a good idea to listen to us and uh kobe williams is a huge loss um Western Kentucky is one of the most talented teams in that conference. Uh, I feel like they're one of the more talented teams across America. They just don't seem to, to really get up to that that level. Um, but I think it also makes them undervalued because a lot of people don't believe in them. Um, so I like your play, and uh, I'm actually looking at that myself. All right, great news. Uh, and there you go. That is another episode. And hopefully
0: we'll be back with another 2-0 to tell you about When we get together again on Thursday night, Griffin, appreciate it. Good luck to you with all your, your wagers this week. Good luck to you guys, the listener. Thank you for riding with us and, uh, and for, again, tell your friends, tell your friends about us. Uh, we'll be back. Like I said on Thursday night for Friday morning release for the weekend. You guys enjoy the games and good luck.